SEC claims Wells Fargo overcharge fees are nearly 11,000 investment advisory accounts. Auto workers on strikes could cost $5 billion. And is Jerome Powell's choice to raise interest rates if he wants to? These are the top three headlines in this week's weekly business brief. First up, Wells Fargo overcharged nearly 11,000 investment accounts with advisory fees, SEC alleges, according to CNN business. For years, Wells Fargo overcharged almost 11,000 investment advisory accounts, about $27 million in fees, federal regulators allege on Friday. Guys, Wells Fargo is notorious for this kind of game. They have a long, dirty laundry list of doing this. The Securities and Exchange Commission said Wells Fargo fees were excessive. Wells Fargo agreed to pay $35 million in civil penalties to settle the matter without admitting or denying the SEC charges. Wow. The agency said Wells Fargo also paid account holders $40 million, including interest, to reimburse customers who'd been overcharged. According to the SEC, the excessive fees happened when certain Wells Fargo financial advisors and ones from firms that bank has since acquired agreed to reduce standard advisory fees for certain clients. However, the SEC found that account processing employees at Wells Fargo and processors firms sometimes failed to enter the lowered advisory fee rates into the billing systems. Like I said a moment ago, Wells Fargo is notorious for this. Back when they were Wachovia, when they acquired Wachovia in 2007, 8, somewhere around there, when the banks were failing, they had a big scandal back then similar to this. I mean, they, they have a long laundry this. Regulators said Wells Fargo failed to use compliance systems designed to ensure billing systems contained accurate data and didn't effectively monitor that the bank was not overcharging clients. The SEC also said Wells Fargo overcharged some clients who opened accounts prior to 2014 through the end of 2022. Next up, looming auto worker strikes could cost $5 billion in 10 days, new analysis says reported by CNBC. If the United Auto Workers Unit decided to strike against Detroit's big three automakers, which right now it's on the verge, they're, they're having issues in negotiations, current labor contracts expire next month, the economic effect would quickly tally into the billions, according to a report released on Thursday. A work stoppage by nearly 150 50 workers at General Motors, Ford Motors, and Centalis will result in an economic loss of more than $5 billion just after 10 days. Guys, this is insane. This is really harsh on Detroit, Michigan. According to Anderson Economic Group, a Michigan-based consulting firm that closely tracks such events, AEG estimates that the total economic loss by calculating potential losses to the workers, the manufacturers, and to the auto industry more broadly, if the sides cannot reach a tentative agreement before the current contracts expire at 11.59 p.m. Eastern on September 14th. During the last round of bargaining in 2019, a breakdown in negotiations between the automakers and the union led to a national 40-day strike against General Motors. The automakers said the strike cost them $3.6 billion that year in earnings. The president of the union, Sean Fain, during a Facebook Live event on Tuesday, reaffirmed that the expirations of the contracts are deadlines, not suggestions. He said the union has no plan to extend the current contracts to allow for bargaining to continue without a strike, which was previously a common practice. And lastly, Fed Chair 
Powell calls inflation too high and warns we are prepared to rates rate further. Reported by CNBC, Federal Reserve Jerome Powell on Friday called for more vigilance on the fight against inflation, warning that additional interest rate increase could be yet to come. While acknowledging that progress has been made and saying the Fed will be careful in where it goes from here, the central bank leader said inflation is still above where policymakers feel comfortable. He noted that the Fed will remain flexible in its, and contemplates future moves, but gave little indication that it's ready to start easing anytime soon. Quote, Although inflation has moved down from its peak, a welcome development, it remains too high. End of quote, Powell said in prepared remarks for his keynote address in Kansas City Fed's annual retreat in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We are prepared to raise rates further if appropriate and intend to hold policy at a restrictive level until we are confident that inflation is moving sustainably down towards our objective. The speech resumed remarks Powell made last year at Jackson Hole, during which he warned that some pain was likely and the Fed continues the effort to pull runaway inflation back to the 2% goal. The lower monthly reading core inflation in June and July were welcome, but two months of good data are only the beginning of what it will take to build confidence that inflation is moving down sustainably toward our goal, said Jerome Powell. Powell acknowledged that risks are two-sided with dangers of doing both too much and too little. And it's really right now, really tough right now for businesses to do business with these type of rates. When transacting real estate right now, it's very difficult. Real estate is starting to really feel the pain of this. Multifamily is really feeling the pain of this. There are some reports that transaction in multifamily are down 80% year over year because a lot of sellers want to sell their properties at 2021 prices, not realizing that we have 2023 interest rates. The interest rates are not allowing deals to go through because I, a, an investor cannot buy a property at a high interest rate and a high price where they're negative cash flowing. And this has been your weekly business brief. I'll see you guys next week. Peace. And that wraps up another episode of Wealthy AF brought to you by Premier Ridge Capital, where multifamily real estate syndications meet premier success. Your future starts here. Visit us at premierridgecapital.com for more details.